Well, without further ado, would you guys give a big warm of applause to Chaplain Caroline Brown. Come on here. Give us God's word today. All right. Bring us God's word. Thank you so much, Chaplain Brown. Can I give you a hug? Is that okay? Is that appropriate? All right. Good morning, church. Or I should say good morning, family. Um, Happy New Year to you. Many of you I have not seen since last year. And I just want to start off by greeting you and letting you, I just want to give you a New Year's greeting. Um, The scripture says that the blessings of the Lord makes one rich and he adds no sorrow to it. And I think in 3 John he says, Beloved, I will above all things that you prosper and be in good health as your soul souls prosper. So my prayer for you this new year is that your soul will prosper and that you will be in good health and prosper in everything. Amen? Amen. Amen. So um, bear with me. This is my first time. I'm a little awkward, but um, I know everybody's been praying for me, so I think I'll land the plane, right, Pastor? Today, I want to um, speak with you about when God's reputation precedes him. When God's reputation precedes him. I want to share with you about uh, a certain woman whose um, reputation left a lot to be desired, we would say. And you know we all have a reputation, right? Sometimes when we think of reputation, we think it's negative. But we all have a reputation, good or bad. I have a reputation. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but you know. <laughs> but you can look at your neighbor and say, you have a reputation. <laughs> okay? All right? So reputation is everything. You know, if you have a good reputation, it means your bank is willing to lend you some money if you go to them. It means that you can find favor with people you wouldn't generally find favor with. A good reputation, the Bible says in Proverbs 22, a good name is better than riches and and loving favor than silver and gold. So you need that good reputation. Um, Acts, in the book of Acts 6 verse 3, they sought for men of good reputation, right? So it's good to have a good reputation. But what happens when you don't have one? And it seems like it's, your reputation is, is not redeemable. It's so bad that you think that you just can't get anywhere with that. Well, I have some good news for you today, right? Um, if you will turn in your Bibles with me to Joshua chapter 2. Joshua chapter 2. Um, I just want to read the the passage quickly, and then we're going to move into um, what I believe the Lord has put on my heart for the church. Amen. It says, now Joshua, the son of Nun, sent out two men from Acacia Grove to spy secretly, saying, go view the land, especially Jericho. So they went and came to the house of a harlot named Rahab and lodged there. And it was told the king of Jericho, saying, behold, Men have come here tonight from the children of Israel to search out the country. So the king of Jericho sent to Rahab, saying, Bring out the men who have come to you, who have entered your house, for they have come to search out all the country. 
Then the woman took the two men, two spies, and hid them. So she said, yes, the men came to me, but I did not know where they were from. And it happened as the gate was being shut when it was dark that the men went out. Where the men went, I do not know. Pursue them quickly, for you may overtake them. But she had brought them up to the roof and hidden them in the stalks of flax, which she had laid in order on the roof. Then the men pursued them by the road to the Jordan to the fords, and as those who pursued them had gone out, they shut the gate. Now before they lay down, the spies, she came up to them on the roof and said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land, that the terror of you has fallen on us, and that all the inhabitants of the land are faint-hearted because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to the two kings of Amorites who were on the other side of Jordan, Sion and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. And as soon as we heard these things, our hearts melted. Neither did there remain any more courage in anyone because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. I'm going to pause there for a moment. Right there, she had declared the reputation of God to two spies who should already know who God is. Did they expect to hear this from her? Jericho was not a godly place, but here was a woman who had heard. This had been 40 years now since Israel came out of Egypt. Roughly 40 years, right? She may not even have been born when they came out of Egypt. But she has, she has been hearing the reports, you know, this, these Israelites, their God is mighty and he's powerful. So God's reputation was established in her mind and in her heart. So while her people feared, they feared for men. They feared for the Israelites approaching because, of course, they know what was in store for them. She was afraid too. But she took her fear to another level. She stopped fearing man and started fearing God. And that's what makes the difference between Rahab and her whole community. You see, there's a fear of man which will cripple you and leave you in one place. But there is the fear of God that when you get a hold of it, it will lead to faith. I want to read some more. Now, therefore, I beg you, swear to me by the Lord, since I have shown you kindness, that you also will show kindness to my father's house and give me a true token and spare my father and my mother, my brothers, my sisters, and all that they have and deliver our lives from death. Amazing. She was just not thinking about herself. She had her whole household in mind. She didn't want to leave them behind. And you know what? As Christians, that should be our attitude. Because the scripture says this salvation is promised unto us and our household. And I want to say that this year 
is a year that we have to consider our households coming into the kingdom more than ever before because the times are not getting better. Times are not getting better. Things are not changing, right? We have come into this year with a lot of uncertainties. Anybody have some uncertainties that you're thinking about? Family uncertainties, financial uncertainties, the country, where it's going, economically, morally, I dare say. <laughs> you know, we have all kinds of concerns. So it creates uncertainty in us. Strange enough, one of the Hebrew names for Rahab is uncertain. <laughs> she couldn't be living in a more uncertain time. Her walls were about to come down. Funny, she lived at a very pivotal place. She must have been overlooking the, the city gate on the wall. Her house was on the wall. She must have been overlooking the city gate. So when people come in, she sees them first or they see her first. I mean, she had a business. And I just want to say, it seemed like the ill repute part of her, I just want to use that word for sake of maybe a few children in here. The ill repute part of her life was probably not the only thing that she did. She had flax laid out on the roof and flax is used to make linen I heard and lots of other things. So she probably was a very established businesswoman otherwise. Let's put it this way, Rahab must have been very, very busy, right? So um, I want to say in her own rights, she was probably a, a Proverbs 31 woman in her own rights, I might add. <laughs> um, what I like about Rahab is that she was very, very determined. Very determined. I mean, the gall, the audacity of this woman to expect these two spies to be faithful to her, to keep their promise to her. Wow. She knew who she was, and they knew who she was. When they came to her, they probably thought they had a story to tell her, but she had one for them. She had one for them. She had heard, she believed, and now she was going to act on what she believed. The Bible says that faith without works is dead. And her works, her action to her faith was to hide those spies, right? Um, we're going to go into some other scriptures in the New Testament that, that talks about her. Um, I'm, I'm skipping over some things because I am going to time restraint, <laughs> and I want to make sure that um, I keep within the time. So bear with me. So while she was trembling for fear, here comes these spies. I believe that their steps were ordered purposely to her. Why? Because she was seeking, in her heart she was seeking. The book of Jeremiah 29, verse 13 says, and you will find me when you seek for me with all of your heart. 
Her heart was in finding and meeting. She wanted to encounter this God. Imagine she had never encountered him, never met him, never met anyone that knew him. But she already had an opinion of this God. And it seemed that it was solidified by faith. Amen. Can I get some responses that will help me? Amen. <laughs> Thank you. Um, all the components of faith was, was, was there, you know. Um, there was no question at all that she was acting in faith. I want to ask you this new year, as we face uncertainties, as we face certain fear, you know, I, I, every day I hear stories of fear. Last night I was praying with one mother, 15-year-old son, living with his dad out in uh, Arizona, not Arizona, what's the other state that he lives in, left home, refused to come home, had everything that he needed, but ran away from home. I had a chance to pray with this mom because I know what she was feeling. I got news of someone else passing away, a friend of, um, if I might say this, Tina, Tina's brother. There are all kinds of sadness and, and uncertainties. What do we do? What are we going to do? How are we going to face 24 with faith in place? I just want to say that God is merciful. And when we call upon him, he will answer. When we call upon him, he's listening. It doesn't matter what your situation is today. God wants to change the circumstances of your life. He will change it. I promise you. I promise you that God will change the circumstances of your life. There might be somebody watching online right now, and you have been away from God for a while. I know what it is like to have been away from God. For 15 years of my life, I backslid. I was brought up in the church since I was little, and I backslid for a number of years. And all it took was one person calling me and said she went to church and she cried. <laughs> and when she said she cried, I knew what that meant because that was my experience when I first accepted Jesus in my heart. And I just felt like I wanted to cry again. And I went to church and I never looked back. Stumbled forward, but never looked back. And I want to say to you today, if, you're, if you are struggling I want you to take a look at this woman's life. Take a look at her life. Her reputation was marred. Why was she so hopeful? <laughs> because she heard of the God of heaven and earth that would conquer enemies and bring down kingdoms. And she chose to believe in that God. And I want to say to you today, if you're struggling to believe, you might be just coming to church as a routine of the week. Okay, check that box. I'm in church. 
and you're not connecting, something is just not connecting, I want to invite you today to get off that wall and step into the glory of God. All the songs that were sung this morning were like so lined up with this that I felt like that my sermon is already on the songs. <laughs> you know? And I love it. I love when God does something like that, you know, because we all go through something. Even as a Christian, sometimes we become discouraged and we become fearful and we start to say, oh no, what's going to happen to me? What's going to happen to my children? What's going to happen to my son? What's going to happen to my daughter? My grandchildren. And we find ourselves, before you know it, just worrying, 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 worrying. And what did Jesus say? Do not worry. Do not get anxious. Cast all your cares upon him. I think Peter said that. Cast all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Now, I'm not going to stand here and tell you it's always easy to cast the cares because sometimes we want to hold on to them. We get so used to them that we don't want to let go. And God is saying, give it to me. Give it to me. You can't do anything about it. You know, I, I would lose sleep thinking about one of my kids. Lose sleep. How did that help him? It didn't. But when I laid him down... And let God have his way. Then I saw God doing what only he can do. Our worrying will not accomplish anything. It will just give us gray hair and wrinkles and high blood pressure and everything else that comes with it. Honestly, and that's not God's gift for you. That's not God's plan for you. He says, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to do you good and not evil. To give you a hope and a future. So God knows the future. It's in his hand. Your future is sealed and he only has good things for you. So I invite you to wait on the Lord and be of good courage. The Bible says, and he will strengthen your heart. Rahab waited. I wondered how many nights she went to bed ruminating about these things. Maybe a little tear coming down her eyes. When will I be freed? Like the Israelites were freed from Egypt. When will I be free from my slavery? Because it was slavery. What she was doing and how she was living had her in bondage. But she heard. But she heard about this God. Faith comes by hearing. And she heard, hearing the word of God. And after you've heard it, what you do with it, it's up to you. But if you have heard it, take it to heart. God is serious about his word. He says he watches over his word to perform it. And God is calling us as a church to be a believing church. Just don't have church, but be the church. Be a people that believe. On your jobs in the street, when people see you, the people you work with must know that there is something different about you. And it's not because you're preaching to them, but because you carry God's presence with you.
By the way, I wanted to say this when I came up here and I forgot. Can you make this your New Year's resolution? How many people love New Year's resolution? Me neither. Me neither. I <laughs> don't like it at all. <laughs> because I always break it before it starts. <laughs> but you know something? I had this thing in my spirit. What if each member... Okay, John, that's my cue. What, what if each member would decide that I'm going to invite someone to church this week? Or maybe not weekly. What about monthly? Each of us make an effort to invite somebody to church, whether by phone or personally. Can you imagine what this building would look like? Can you just imagine, just think, can we make that our resolution? Just not your friends, though. Invite some strangers and bring them in. God wants to do a new thing in this church. He wants to do a new thing in his church, period. I'm going to close up now. Right, Pastor? Okay. <laughs> Pastor's there saying, okay, chaplain, let's, let's do this. <laughs> I want to say that God is looking to us to, to, to fear him more. Not be afraid of him, but to fear him more, to reverence him more. And as we reverence him, he is going to move on our behalf. If the church doesn't reverence him, well, what will the world do? They already don't reverence him. So we have to be the light and the example for them to see. Rahab's reputation was so changed. So changed. She was brought out to be brought in. God just doesn't bring us out. He brings us out to be brought in. And we're in. She was brought in to the royal family of God. And I say royal because she was married to someone in the line of Judah. And if you read the scriptures in Genesis, Judah carried the scepter, which means the royal lineage would come through him. So Solomon, who was her husband, was of the royal lineage. Counting down. Okay. Then, if you read Matthew chapter 1, it tells you that this Rahab was the great, great grandmother of David, the one of whom Jesus is called Son of David. How did she get from there to there? Because she feared God. Because she feared God. She believed God. She believed his reputation. And our reputation has been forever changed because she took action. You can't leave her out of the Christmas story. You can't leave her out of any story in the Bible. She was right there. You might not like that family member who does what she does, but God used her. He needed her and he loved her. If it beat us how he loved us. Amen? Two minutes? Okay. 
Thank you. Thank you. I just want to say also that um, Jesus, it is said in, 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 in the book of um, Philippians chapter 2, verse 7, it said, Jesus made of himself no reputation, taking the form of bondservant, a bondservant, and coming in the likeness of man, he humbled himself and become obedient even to the cross. He made of himself no reputation. Jesus put his reputation aside, came down to earth to meet us where our reputation is so he could swallow that up and that we could have a good reputation. So now you can say to your neighbor, you have a good reputation. You know why? Because your reputation is hid in Christ. And it doesn't matter what you have ever done, and where you've ever been, you are now a child of God with a firm reputation in Christ. And I pray that we will grow into that more and more as the year goes by. I love you. I thank you. And I'm going to stop right here in Jesus' name. Amen. Yes, can you just give another big round of applause for Caroline? Chaplain Brown, thank you so much. There's a couple things that just struck me that were I wrote down. God wants to change the circumstances of your life. Do you believe that? And the way that he does that is though we need to be people of faith, that we need to believe that God can bring us not only out of a circumstance, but he brings us into a family that loves us, the family of God. Caroline, you just really encouraged us. And I know she was being sensitive, uh, but some of you don't know the story of Rahab. Rahab was a prostitute, and she didn't have a good reputation. Well, she had a reputation. I should say that. She had a reputation. But you see how God can use people of reputation like that. When we become people of faith, God brings us out of something and brings us into something, and he changes our circumstance Thank you again, Caroline. Father, I just thank you so much. I pray, Lord Jesus, if there's somebody here that is discouraged, that is lonely, that is hopeless, Father, I pray today that they would grow in their faith, that they would say, Jesus, come fill me. Holy Spirit, come fill me. I want to believe more in what you have for me. Jesus, thank you for going to the cross for our sin, that you, for, you, you, you eliminate all of our past mistakes and you create a new day for us, that we become a new creation by just believing in what you have done for us. And we start this new relationship with you today. So Father, I just pray that there, those who are here today who say, I don't know and I don't believe, that they would start their belief journey today and saying, Jesus, I want you in my life. Forgive me of my sins. I repent. Tomorrow I want to wake up and say, I believe Jesus. Help me to stumble forward. I love that expression, Caroline. Help me to stumble forward, not looking back, but stumbling forward. Not perfect, but just keep moving in the right direction, following you, Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for watching us online. We're so glad that you joined us. We trust that Jesus has spoken to your heart and you've been challenged by his word. If you'd like to know more information about Grace Capital Church, please visit us at gccnh.com. We'll see you next time.